Hallelujah. So good to be with you all this morning. Thank you, worship team. I just want to add my echo to that as well. You guys led us wonderfully and sensitively. And, um, and as Becky said, the Lord is here. His presence is with us. Amen. And it's great to have Martin and Jacinta with us as well, joining us, fellow evangelists out on the streets. Welcome, guys, and anybody else who was here. A huge welcome to you all. Sir. Martin's the man. Praise God. Good to have you with us. Shall we bow our heads and let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Precious Father, we want to thank you. That God, that wherever your people are, where two or more gather in your name, you are here in our midst. We thank you, Father. That God, that you are, Lord, as we, as the Lord Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, That God, that that is how close you are. You are as close to us as the very air is on our skin, Father. The very oxygen that is within our bloodstream right now, that is how close you are to us. And so, Father, we pray this morning that as you have been with us, Lord, throughout the worship, God, that you will continue to be with us through the ministry of your word. Anoint my mouth, God, to bring forth your word, God. And Lord, will you, by your spirit, Lord, open hearts, open minds, God. And Father, will you plant your seed, God, that, Lord, it will bring you fruit and it will bring you glory. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Now I'm going to read a bunch of quotes from a a very familiar film and see if you can guess the film along with its character. Are you ready? Okay. If I take one more step, it'll be the farthest away from home I've ever been. Potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. And finally, I'm coming, Mr. Frodo. Angie, you got it in one. It is from that well-known trilogy, The Lord of the Rings. And more specifically, from one of the most endearing characters there are, namely Samwise Gamgee, um, who is just an absolute legend. Now, Sam is the type of friend that we all desire. He's loyal, gentle, caring and giving and he goes all out to strengthen and support his friend Frodo Baggins of the Shire. In fact, it is due to his unbreakable spirit that Frodo is able to make it all the way up Mount Doom in the first place. And so in effect, Sam is the real hero of the film. Now, one of my favourite scenes is when Frodo and Sam are climbing up Mount Doom to destroy this ring and Frodo is just physically drained, unable to take another step. He's clearly suffering under the weight of this evil ring because no one can bear it without coming under its spell. And so Sam, he musters up his strength and he tells Frodo, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. And with that, he hoists his friend up 
and he carries him up the mountain to fulfill his mission. What a friend, right? And as I said, he's the type of friend that we all desire. And that said, we're going to continue on with our One Another series. And today, we're going to look at the topic of stirring up one another into love and good works. And as you know, that's a line that comes straight out of the book of Hebrews. And so if you have your Bibles with you, then please open up and come with me to chapter 10. And we're going to read from verses 19 to 25. Now, the line that I just mentioned, it's from the ESV, but I'm going to read from the CSB, and it reads, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering since he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works. Not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now did you catch... The one another phrase in that passage. There are a whole bunch of them, of these one another phrases throughout the entire New Testament. We are told that there are approximately a hundred of them. And 59 of them all uh, are accompanied with a command on how to or how not to relate with one another. As in, be devoted to one another. Honour one another above yourselves. Build up one another. Care for one another. Serve one another. And encourage and exhort one another. To name but a few. And obedience to these commands is the bedrock of true Christian community. Which not only sets us apart, but it also serves as a witness to the world. So last week, we looked at loving one another. And so building on that today, today we're going to look at the topic of stirring up one another. And just to provide some background and to set our text into context, the book of Hebrews, it could quite easily be summarized into one word when it comes to the work and the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's the term kraton in the Greek, which essentially means that Christ, as we have been singing this morning, is far better and more glorious over all. That he is sovereign over the angelic host, 
supreme over Moses and Joshua, and he is superior over the Levitical and the Aaronic priesthood. Glory. In that, he inaugurates a better covenant. He mediates a greater priesthood and he provides the greatest sacrifice once and for all time. In other words, he exceeds and he far outweighs them all. And so, the most dominant note that is struck throughout this book is the note of Kraton, that Jesus reigns supreme. Praise him. Now, why does the Hebrew writer go to such lengths to assert the Lord's supremacy? Why? Well, it is out of concern for his fellow Hebrews who had recently come to faith, but now they were in danger because some of them were getting cold feet, as it were. Their hearts were growing cold and indifferent as they faced all sorts of pressures from their community. As in, excommunication, loss of employment, being disinherited, harassed, mocked and imprisoned and even killed for their faith in Jesus. And then to make matters worse, the carrot was dangled in front of them that if they abandoned Christ and returned to the faith of their forefathers, then their privileges would all be restored. It's quite a temptation, is it not? But at what cost? And some sadly took the bait and they ended up forfeiting their own soul. And so the writer urges them to stand firm. Because what exactly are you returning to in the first place, he argues, when Christ has inaugurated a much better and a greater covenant? And so, weave throughout this letter are exhortations and encouragements along with warnings like How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Hebrews 2, 3. So don't turn back, but keep your eyes on the prize and fix your gaze upon Jesus. Because in the words of the Apostle Peter, where else can we go? For he has the words of eternal life. John 6, 68. Amen. Amen. And so for a solid ten chapters... The author has been highlighting the greatness of our Lord in comparison to the old obsolete covenant. But now he wants to drive it even deeper and he wants to apply it to our hearts so that we will stir up one another in the most holy faith. Now, what does it mean to stir up? Or to provoke one another. Anyone? (laughs) He's been studying his Greek. Absolutely. To stir up or provoke, it literally means to irritate or to incite one another. 
And it's put in the negative here. Now, to provoke in the negative, it's akin to poking a sleeping lion. And you do so at your own (laughs) risk. Another way to provoke, without the use of prongs and sticks, is through the means of the tongue or words, or in this day and age, via the keyboard. It's like... If you want to provoke a negative reaction, then just go ahead and post something up on your social media feed with regards to biblical truth and where you stand on biblical ethics and watch the world and its dog come for you. Right? However, flipping it over, to provoke or to stir up in the positive, it means to stimulate and to fuel one another. In other words, it means to call out the gold within one another and to bring out the best in each other. You see, we all have a choice. We can either cut people down or we can build them up through the very words that we speak. And we are living in such a world where there is this one-upmanship culture where everyone is out for themselves, trampling over the other in order to climb up the so-called ladder of success. But what if we, the church, instead of having this one-upmanship mentality, were counter-cultural and different? Where instead of tearing one another down, we built each other up. And I don't mean superficially, but that we genuinely loved one another and looked out for the other's best interest in accordance to Philippians 2, 3. Amen? Amen. It's like, what if we discovered that brother such and such has some serious skills in the kitchen? That his baking skills are on point and we encouraged him. Or what if we heard sister so-and-so singing behind us this morning during the worship time and we turned to her and said, have you ever considered joining the worship team? Because girl, you can sing. <laughs> and you don't have to say it in an American accent, but you, but you get the point. I mean, how God-honoring And Christ-exalting would it be if we were to big up and bless one another by speaking life over each other, right? I tell you, we would affect change and the atmosphere of our town if we began like that in here. It's like when a child calls out, And says, mom, mom, dad, dad, look at me. And when the parent turns around and says, well done, little Johnny, and chairs him on. Just watch little Johnny's face beam with joy as he is built up and encouraged. And it's the same with adults. We all need some encouragement every now and again. Am I right? Or is it just me? I don't think it is. I think we all need it. Now, if that's what we're supposed to do, why don't we? I mean, what's preventing us, hindering us, or even holding us back? 
It's the million dollar question, is it not? And perhaps it's because we've bought into the lie of the world where the mantra is, think of number one. That unless I get a good deal out of it and I come up smelling of roses, I'm not interested. It's what Luther described and called homo incurvitus in say. In other words, as a result of the fall, we have all somehow curved in on ourselves and it's all become about me, me, me and mine. In short, it's a sin issue. That we are all marred in some way or another. It's the air that we breathe. And so, yes, absolutely, it is going to have an effect on us and it is going to shape us. However, we are called to dance to a different tune, as it were. And we are called to live as citizens of another world. But we fail every time. And that is why the Hebrew writer has been laboring for the past 10 chapters and 18 verses and he has been telling us about the supremacy and the sovereignty of our Lord. And then in the 19th verse of the 10th chapter, he begins with a therefore. That on the basis of all that has been said before, therefore, brothers and sisters. And then he uses the word since twice and the words let us thrice. Using those terms as a kind of cause and effect type thing in that. Since... We have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus. And since we have a great high priest, let us, let us, let us, in that, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. And let us consider one another to provoke love and good works. In other words, it is the triad of faith, hope and love. The ingredients of which a community built around the person of Jesus flourishes. Amen. Amen. In fact, some have argued... That our salvation could be broken down into three parts. Namely, faith in God, holding on to our hope, and loving one another. Simple and yet powerfully profound and glorious. Amen. Amen. Now very briefly, let's just break some of these verses down. Verse 22. It says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. With a heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Now, this verse to the Jewish mind, it would instantly trigger the holy of holies contained within the temple or the tabernacle which no one could ever set foot into except the high priest, and even that only once per year on the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. 
Because the Holy of Holies, it was cordoned off with this huge curtain which stood 60 feet high, 30 feet across and was as thick as a man's hand. But now, because of the finished works of Christ at the cross, we can now boldly enter in because that veil has been ripped apart from the top down to the bottom. Glory. And this is exceedingly good news, my brother. Because under the old economy, no Jew could ever venture into the presence of Yahweh unannounced without being consumed. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, the doorway into God's holy presence was slammed and sealed shut. But now, because of the precious shed blood of Christ, the way back into the Father's presence has been reopened. And we don't have to go in all sheepishly and afraid, but we can enter in boldly. Because it's like that hymn by Charles Wesley which says, Bold I approach the eternal throne and claim the prize through Christ my own glory I mean what a privilege that we have been granted that we can meet with almighty God without any reservation but with full confidence to know him and to be known by him amen in fact the great Spurgeon he used to pray in such a way that people would accuse him of being too over-familiar with God. But he would say, I'm just, like, I'm just like a little child who runs into the Father's presence and climbs upon his knee and strokes his face. I feel with God just like that. And that's the access That we can now enjoy because Jesus has made a way. Can somebody give the Lord praise this morning? Praise God. Now, if some were still a little hesitant to enter with confidence, then the author reminds them of a second vital truth. That we have... A great high priest who is higher than the Aaronic and the Levitical order. Because their work was always incomplete. They were perpetually offering up sacrifices with no end in sight. But in contrast, Christ offered himself up once and for all time and because he has he is now sat down at the right hand of the throne of majesty praise God because his work is complete tetelestai it is finished paid in full and there is nothing further to be added thank you Lord Therefore, or since, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, the exhortations are, 
Let us draw near with a sincere heart. Literally a true heart. In full assurance of faith. And the writer will go on to devote a whole chapter on the topic of faith in chapter 11. Having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Referring to the blood of Jesus and the pure water of his word. Praise him. The second exhortation is let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. Now, to hold on. It implies that there could be some danger of our faith being derailed in some manner or other. Be it in the form of mild opposition or outright persecution, the battle is real. Nevertheless, hold on without wavering because he who promised is faithful. Yes. And our hope, it isn't wishful thinking or flights of fancy. But rather biblical hope is future certainty sealed and guaranteed in the precious blood of the Lamb. Because all of the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And the final let us is let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works. In that, let us irritate and incite one another in order to bring out the goal that is buried within each one, to impart grace and to instill courage within the other. Because believe it or not, When the Holy Spirit takes up residence within the saint's life, he comes bearing gifts. And if you haven't discovered your gift right now, then my brother or sister, you are an untapped gold mine. And it's on the saints to call out the gold that is within you. Because it's not the preacher's job to do that. But rather, it is the role of the saint that is sitting next to you, to your left and your right. In fact, why don't you just turn to them and say, it's you. Go ahead. (laughs) But if you name the name of Christ, then it's on you to stir up your brother and your sister to love and good works. And for them to do the same for you. Because it's not a one-man show up here. But rather, it is body ministry where the saints are to stir up, to strengthen and to sharpen one another for the glory of Christ. That's the kind of church that I want to be a part of, don't you? I tell you, I'm so grateful for the saints who over the years have stirred me up and have strengthened me over time. I remember over 20 years ago whilst in rehab that while I lay on a sofa just broken and battered, just withdrawing from 300 pounds worth of crack and heroin that this precious saint called Kathy, she came and she sat beside me and she began to speak life over me. And she said... 
that this will pass, that this is not your Lord, that God has got a plan for your life and it cannot be thwarted or undone. And as she spoke, and because of her demeanor and her compassion, as well as her kind and encouraging words, it was as if Christ himself was coming towards me through her. It was powerful. Later on, I discovered that Kathy was diagnosed with cancer. And yet here she was, encouraging little old me. And she was just strengthening and stirring me on to go and do better. Being Christ-like. And that's exactly what we are encouraged to do for one another. To stir and to spark one another. Praise God for his body. You see... Unless we gather together, be it on a Sunday morning or midweek, how else can we mutually stir up or strengthen one another? True? Sure, we can send out a text every once in a while and an SOS, but there is no substitute for us regularly gathering together. Because it's only in community that we grow through our shared experiences through the highs as well as the lows the good times as well as the bad as as long as we are keeping it real with one another and when a community is in unity it is there that the Lord commands his blessing Psalm 133 Amen you see the flip to that is that many have and many more will make shipwreck of their faith. It's a sad reality. Which is why the Hebrew writer, he issues this sobering warning in verse 25 when he says, do not neglect to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage each other and all the more as you see the day approaching you see I need you just as much as you need me because I don't know whether you've noticed or not but it's getting pretty dark out there and I'm not talking about the clocks going back last week (laughs) but who would have thought that in the year of 2023 that we would be debating topics such as what is the definition of a woman or a man That something that is as basic as human biology is being picked and pulled apart. And to affirm the Bible's definition of gender being binary, male and female only, could land you in a whole host of trouble. Who would have thought? And there have been many casualties who have fallen foul of this wicked ideology. Doctors, teachers, therapists and even bakers. So do you see why we need one another? Because all hell is breaking loose and every demon in hell is coming for us. And unless we stand firm on the Saviour and with each other, we will fall. So let us draw near in faith.
Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. And let us spark and stir one another up to love and good works. In fact, I love how John Wesley put it. He said, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, and as long as you can. In other words, let us keep the fire of God burning within our hearts and let us not grow weary of doing good. But let us continue to stir up, to spark, and to provoke and ignite one another to love and good works. Amen. 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 After Frodo and Sam destroy the ring in the molten lava at Mount Doom, the lava continues to erupt around them. And all Frodo could see was the utter darkness that surrounded him. And so Sam reminds him of the good in the world and says, Remember the Shire. It'll be spring soon. And the orchards will be in full bloom. And they will be sowing the summer barley in the lower fields. And they will be eating the first fruits of the strawberries and cream. Wow, what an encourager. That even when it looks bleak, that Sam continues to stir up Frodo to keep going. What a friend, as I said. And it's the type of friend that we all need. And it's the type of friend that we need to be for one another. And so, until the Lord returns, we are to keep on keeping on. To fight the good fight of faith, regardless of how dark it gets out there. Because when the Lord returns, and when he appears, what we have is something infinitely greater than all the strawberries and cream of the Shire. We really have. Let's pray. Hmm. Father, we want to thank you that God, as we have been singing this morning, that you have no rival, Lord God. You have no other competition, Lord God, that you stand head and shoulders over every other God, Father, and ideology, philosophy, Father, all of the ologies and and offies as well, Lord. And so, Father, we just want to thank you, God, that you are a God who is with us and you are a God who is for us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you know our frame and you know that we are but dust, Lord, and yet, God, you have set your seal of love upon us, O God. That you have marked us out, Lord. That you have sealed us with your Holy Spirit. The down payment, Lord. That one day it will be, Father, Lord, redeemed fully, God. Where we are transformed, Lord, into more and more of your likeness. We thank you, Father. 
for what our salvation means Lord we haven't even plumbed the depths of what it greatly means but Lord we thank you that God that what you have done within each saint Lord you will go on to perfect and complete so Father I pray Lord that while we are still sojourners while we are still travelling through this world until we, res- until we reach the promised land Father glory heaven on earth Father I pray that you will keep us And I know that you will. I pray, Lord God, that your church will become your church, Father, that we will look out for one another, Father, strengthening, stirring, encouraging, serving, caring, loving, honoring, and doing all of those things that you have commanded. And Father, I pray that you will give us grace. Lord, when we come across our differences, that we will be able, Lord, to reconcile with one another, knowing that we have been forgiven the greatest debt ever. And so, Father, help us to become people, men and women, Lord, of love embodied upon this world. That, God, that we may become the Bible and the scriptures that the world out there that will never pick up a Bible, that they will read our lives and be directed and pointed towards your Son. So, Father, we thank you and we bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, John.